0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host, lael Palmer, and today I'm bringing you back another episode of a podcast where I will meet and interview the entertainment industry's most acclaimed personalities. So, um, not too much has happened with me since the last episode. Uh, I'm just going to get right into things. I am going to talk about the Met Gala for today's intro, so I'm going to kind of diverge off of the usual segments. Um, But the first thing I want to talk about is something that happened in class while on the discussion of the Met Gala. Yeah. Okay. So we're in class today. I'm in my college writing class and we're talking about it's like a coming to terms form of like starting a paper and the different ways to do it. So we use the Met Gala as an example for like coming up with the ideas for this so we used the Met Gala and we then we started talking about the different looks that people had and wore and whether you know we liked them or not we kind of got into a discussion about like whose was bad and whose was good and you know the controversial ones and whatever so someone who sits directly behind me was talking about Kim Kardashian's look at the Met Gala which was just all black and she had like a cape or like a long train and it was pretty much all black like, face mask, everything, just completely black. And he was talking about her look that she was wearing, you know, the all black. And he was like, yeah, it's really ironic. I'm paraphrasing here. This is not a direct quote, because I don't remember exactly what was said. But he goes, it's really ironic that Kim Kardashian wore an all black look at the Met Gala. And then our professor goes, well, why? Why is it ironic? And then he's like, well because she stole almost her entire brand and like personality off of black culture and like black women and after he said that i was like okay that is a fair assessment you know i've noticed that and i feel like a lot of other people have too about the kardashians in general um that they capitalize off of culture specifically black culture that is or has in the past been deemed as like not okay or like quote-unquote ghetto whatever so i have noticed that so i was like okay that's a fair statement then he kept talking and this is also not the first time that i've come in contact with this person or like heard this person talk um we've seen each other in the elevator a few times and also obviously he's in my class so i see him frequently so he kept talking and he kept you know talking about the met gala conversation kept going and then i'm like okay you made this statement about kim kardashian, yet you're using, you are speaking with AAVE. if anyone doesn't know what AAVE is, it means african-american vernacular english and it was basically created by black people as a means to like be able to communicate more freely and be able to connect with other black people because There's also a thing called code switching, and AAVE and code switching go hand in hand. It's like you would code switch and talk more what is deemed as proper around people who are not Black so that you are more accepting. And then when you're around people who are Black, you kind of go and use AAVE because it's more comfortable. So that's kind of the context behind what AAVE is, and when I hear white people using it, I'm like wow okay it's it's literally become a trend for people to talk using AAVE as a means to like seem cool or seem like with the times or whatever I don't like that so when this person kept talking I was like wow that's kind of disappointing he clearly made an insightful and I'm gonna say correct obviously there's no way of really like factually proving it but I'd say a correct statement about Kim Kardashian and then you're using AAVE AAVE it like takes away the credit his credibility like oh my gosh so that was kind of annoying um especially like it's it's very it's a very common phrase in AAVE to go like it's giving and then you like describe something um and it's also like something that's like one of the big big things that like has been I'm gonna say colonized (laughs) I'm gonna say like it that's one of the big things that has become like trendy for people to just say it's all over tiktok people say it all the time instagram too and when he was talking about kim kardashian then he like right after he was like it's giving tired or it's giving boring or something like that it was just like going out of your way to speak like this is it's just like not necessary and super annoying as a black person to have to like hear that especially when you're like criticizing someone else for capitalizing off of black culture i don't know that was a little long-winded, but that's what happened to me this morning. So, like I said, we are gonna kind of just delete Music Minute for right now and talk about the Met Gala some more. So, 2021 Met Gala, the theme this year was America, a lexicon in fashion or something like that, I think. Let me be sure. Amer, Yeah, American independence theme, um, pretty much. So, A lot of the looks were definitely interesting I don't know if I love them a lot of them were just like red and blue and they called that you know because those are America colors so they were kind of boring when they were just like solid like Addison Rae I thought her hair I thought her makeup looked amazing But her dress was honestly kind of ugly and it was just like a solid red straight dress like there was nothing special to it but we also you know it was her first met gala we get it whatever also for the people who are like why was addison ray at the met gala everyone starts somewhere i don't know like i don't really have any hate toward her because i don't know her and i don't really care what she does but she's thriving she was just in a movie which i've heard wasn't that great and i haven't watched it but it probably wasn't i saw a few clips her acting wasn't really convincing it was honestly bad but if she can become famous enough or recognized enough for her to be chosen to go to the met gala props to her but she looked kind of bad <laughs> other than her hair and makeup the, the look was bad though um and then you talk about someone like lil nas x at the met gala who had like three different looks and they were all amazing the first one was like a like a cape not really a cape though um and it was gold and it was beautiful um and then the second one it was like a it reminds me of like a robot or something it's like very futuristic it was like again gold and it was like uh like a unitard bodysuit kind of i loved it and then the third one was also like a similar unitard bodysuit but it was very like jeweled and sparkly and i don't know all of his looks were amazing i love Lil nas x he's also thriving now let's go back to another look that i hated um timothy chalamet this might hurt some people's feelings okay timothy chalamet his look was ugly i i don't think it it did not pertain to the theme whatsoever like maybe if like he explained it to someone and then was like yeah this is like this is why it's the theme you really shouldn't have to do that the point of the met Gala is for you to look at the look and be like okay like i understand how that connects to the theme he's wearing a white tuxedo jacket sweatpants and converse maybe you could say that pertains to the American theme because that's what the average American guy wears, but that's also what, like, most men around the world are wearing, like, casually. So it doesn't make sense. And also, like, he just wore all white. I think he could have incorporated the other American colors, like blue and red, but he didn't. So I think it's awful. I think it's also a disgrace that he's wearing Converse on the red carpet for the Met Gala. I thought that was terrible. I thought the look was terrible. Also, I just wanna say I am no you know, professional fashion critic or whatever, these are just my personal opinions. Do with that what you will, I don't really care, but I just need to make that disclaimer because people may come for me for like criticizing fashion when I'm not a critic. Everything's up for interpretation. Everything's up for criticism. These people put themselves in the line and in the path for criticism every single day, with just what their jobs are. And I'm not criticizing any of their personalities or anything like that. Just what they wore on the red carpet. And I will say, Timothy Chalamet's look was ugly. And it does not make sense for the theme. Yeah, I think I'm going to talk about Dan Levy or Dan Levy. I'm honestly still not really sure how you say it. I think it's Dan Levy, though. Um, Didn't like his... I think the, the effort is clearly there. And so is the thought when it comes to, like, the theme. Because you see his look and like his shirt is pretty, it's pretty much all like based around a map. So his pants, they have like maps on them. His like, I don't know if you've called that a cape or what. It's something. Uh, it has a map. His shirt has like two people kissing. I think it's two guys kissing. And then they're like made of maps. So the, I think the idea with the theme was there, but it's so ugly. It's just so bad. And I love that he's like, doing like a gay representation thing with the two guys kissing on the front and it does it does in my opinion pertain to the theme well but it's just ugly it's just really ugly um so yeah (laughs) that was it that was my take on the met gala uh you can value these opinions or you can take them with a grain of salt i think you should take it with a grain of salt because like i said i am not a fashion critic and there's not much that i know about actual fashion what i do know is that if i look at something i can make an opinion on it instantly and go with my gut and say whether i objectively think it's good or bad and that's what i did here so yeah okay (laughs) now on to the fun part of the episode we're going to introduce today's guest. So today I have an interview with Alex Weiss, also known as Adubs. She is a YouTuber. She's been on YouTube for pretty long time. Um, she used to do a lot of collabs with other YouTubers because that also just used to be really popular on YouTuber to do collabs. So she's done collabs with Gen X Pen a lot and Andrea Russett, like when they were first starting out, they did a lot of collabs together. So yeah, and now she doesn't really do collabs at all anymore. Um, but she has a really popular series on her channel called Revealing Your Secrets, and it's, like, my favorite thing to watch, and I feel like for most of her fans, um, they probably agree. It's super funny, and, uh, yeah. And she's a really cool person. This was also, like, a really weird, like, pinch yourself moment for me, because I had been watching, before I did this interview, I had been watching Alex since, um, 2016? 2017? I've been watching her for a long time uh so yeah it was definitely a pinch yourself moment being able to talk to her and learn more about her and her standpoint on youtube and how it used to be and what it is now and just social media and in general so yeah if you want to hear more about that stick around and without further ado uh here's an interview with alex weiss okay bye i'm going on a date bye i'm here with alex weiss thank you so much for coming on hollywood hero today i'm so excited to interview you i've been watching your videos for a few years so this is a great opportunity for you to be on my podcast thank you for having me yeah of course um so alex you have almost two million youtube subscribers but before we get into the nitty-gritty and everything that it's like to have youtube as a job um how did you get started with youtube when did you start your channel why did you start your channel
1: I was 13 years old, and I was watching other YouTubers, and I thought it was fun. I don't think you could make money at the time when I first started, so I never anticipated that it would be a job. Um, I was more interested in just joining the community. I don't think I had friends at school, Um, so it was just a result of kind of wanting to be a part of something.
0: Yeah. And um, so when you first started out your channel when you were 13, what are the kind of videos that you made? Because I'm assuming it's different than what you make now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's actually a little embarrassing, not because there's anything wrong with it. It just feels so different than who I've become. Um, I started making beauty videos. So I was making makeup videos and fashion videos. I think I just, I didn't know what to talk about and that felt like something I could replicate or like try to replicate from what I was watching from other people um with my own spin of course but I I don't think it was something I was ever very good at it's actually pretty cringy a lot of those most of those videos are privated um but yeah I started as a beauty guru
0: okay cool and (laughs) yeah and how did you make the transition into like the type of videos you make now I mean obviously before we get into that I want to talk about um, when you moved to LA? Cause that's kind of like a huge rite of passage for a lot of YouTubers is starting their YouTube channel and then moving to LA. And so when did that happen for you?
1: Um, I was in my second year of college. Uh, so I don't know, sophomore, I must've been 19 or 20. I think I was 19 years old and I kept flying out to LA because I had a lot of friends here from YouTube and, uh, business opportunities, but I was going to school in Boston and I just knew I didn't want to be in Boston. And so it started, I think this is pretty common. It started with me saying to myself and my family that I was going to go to LA for a summer. And then I just didn't leave. And then I ended up transferring to a school and I finished out here. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was around the time where I just, started also feeling like not only did I want to do that luckily it was a point in which my channel was actually becoming sustainable enough for me to make the move
0: yeah and I actually never knew that you uh when you moved to LA you ended up finishing school here I never knew that I thought because a lot of people especially if they come out of college they just end up dropping out dropping out straight when they move to LA so that's kind of nice that that worked out for you
1: I definitely felt uh, very tempted to not finish just especially because things were going really well um with YouTube but I'm a very academic family so I think the the pressure from them and myself yeah. as a result was like way too high for me to drop the ball there and I'm glad I finished I mean I tell them this all the time I never do anything where it matters that I went to school. No one ever asked, <laughs> um, but surely there, it's it's good that I went. I learned things, and um, I think it definitely contributed to my – I feel like I'm a very hard worker, and having to do school and YouTube at the same time really, like, pushed me to work on that uh, – what do you call it? Endurance.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I first discovered your videos around 2015, 2016, and I really do associate, like, that is such a distinct era of YouTube. Um, I mean, there was, like, all the collabs and, like, the super highly saturated and edited videos, Um, and it's very different now than what it used to be um, around that time, but what about that version of the platform do you think, like, what about that did you like, and how did you think it benefited content creators? Um...
1: I'm not sure if it benefited content creators. I mean, maybe it did. I don't I don't have the answer as to why. I, it felt like um, it was very clear what was working. And so a lot of people were able to like mimic that and build their channels. So maybe it was beneficial for people in the same way when I started, I sort of mimicked beauty influencers because I didn't know what else to do. I think that very distinct style of content um because it was so popular it allowed a lot of people to kind of get their foot in the door it doesn't doesn't work out for everyone because you need to figure out how to make it sustainable and that format does not look that doesn't work on YouTube anymore I don't think or at least the stuff that I watch um so it worked well I'm sure for the people who were able to use it and then go from point A to point B
0: yeah and you said that it doesn't work well for YouTube now, which I agree for the things that I watch. A lot of the videos that I watch, including yours, they're very different than that. And I feel like people are posting a lot more just, like, more unfiltered content that's not so calculated and, like, edited together and it feels more genuine. So do you, you prefer that version, probably? Yeah, I that.
1: Even I feel like personally my content doesn't actually even – even though that's, like, what I I enjoy watching – um specifically like podcasts for example are really enjoyable because you actually feel like you're hanging out I'm I don't tend to watch a lot of like the jump cut type stuff but I I know that I make a lot of it actually um so even though that kind of more casual style I think is what's most popular now I'd say that I probably still am engaging with the the previously popular format yeah um yeah I don't know if it's bad or good, but it, it works for some of the stuff that I make.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's bad or good. I think it's dependent upon the person. I think for you, it really works. I think for some people, you can tell that they're, like, trying too hard to, like, with their editing, try and be funny, and you can, like, see that, and then it ends up not coming out, like, genuine. So, yeah, I think for you, I think it works.
1: I mean, I'm sure um, I Look like I try too hard sometimes, but, yeah. <laughs> like, you upload every week, you, you're you gonna fail, like, frequently, you know? Yeah. Um, that's been an interesting part of doing YouTube is just kind of letting go of my ego's attachment to everything being fantastic because it's not possible when you're l- uploading so consistently. and I can't even imagine people who upload like two or three times plus a week. I just I'm one so
0: yeah, yeah. and I think a a lot one thing that used to be really common was like the daily vlogs and all that stuff, and like, I'll take Dave, David Dobrik, for example. His daily vlogs, while they were really short and they happened often throughout the week, they were so edited and so, like, you could tell, like, without the editing, it probably wouldn't be funny at all. But, and I think that was a problem. I mean, not, not necessarily a problem, but just that was a, a situation that happened with a lot of YouTubers around that time. And it's kind of still happening sometimes. Um. So as YouTube changes, like we said, the change from, like, that era in 2015 to where it is now has your demographic changed or does it, is it common for someone's demographic to change as they go through like the changes of their style of videos
1: um I can't speak for other people but I know for me I, my demographic has have gotten older has gotten older I think just people are growing up with me yeah uh, and obviously the more you mature the more you're going to um appeal to an older audience so I've definitely found that my numbers have skewed older as the years have gone by um but also yeah I think with personally it's really easy to tell for me because I have various series that I do and I notice uh that I gain new audiences with each series and so I I don't know exactly what those very specific audiences look like but you can tell just from the comments that there are different types of people like tuning in for those different types of content. So yeah, I'd say that as people evolve and change, you're going to have people lose interest and people gain interest. And um, it's actually, uh, it's one of my favorite parts of doing YouTube, like the the necessity to evolve. But it is a little nerve wracking because you are consistently losing people um, in the hopes that you'll also gain people from with what you're doing
0: yeah yeah and you touched a little bit on the series that you do on your channel which um you have two main ones i think your uber prank series and then your revealing secret series which i love um there have so i kind of want to talk about that specifically um that series there have been from the videos i've watched a lot of submissions that are very kind of out there and really like just kind of crazy but has there been anything so bad that's been submitted that you literally do not put in a video because it's that bad yeah
1: i um i don't bet the secrets first i tried to for a moment and then i realized that the videos were a lot better when i was authentically reading them for the first time so sometimes when i'm filming those videos i will come across something very disturbing and it's like jarring enough where i have to stop filming for a second or like just like kind of recalibrate and then keep going because i'm yeah, there's dark stuff that I don't put on, on YouTube. I even think that towards the beginning of the series, I put a lot darker stuff on there than I do now. Um, I just started evaluating kind of like, how is this going to make people feel? Like, am I putting, I, I just don't want to contribute to any sort of like toxic experience. Yeah. Having I think some people watch it to feel better about themselves, which I guess is good, but maybe not the best thing to do for that oh uh, yeah there's a lot of really bad stuff
0: yeah I mean I can't imagine what it must be because the audience only sees after you're editing what you choose to include and so I can't imagine the kind of stuff that is so bad that you don't include yeah yeah crazy the stuff
1: I do include is still pretty gnarly
0: yeah exactly yeah there's I mean especially with your um like when you start doing the videos with the categories um yeah. you can kind of expect with certain categories what's going to come out of that yeah, so it's... a lot of incest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a lot a lot of incest, unfortunately. Um, so you're someone who does YouTube full time. Do you find it hard balancing your YouTube life and online presence with your personal life?
1: Um, I have, but I definitely think especially during the past year, um having a, a lot of space in the pandemic, I've kind of figured that out and maybe it'll shift again when things get back to normal. Um one thing that I have learned is that being a personality or like in a very intense social presence is not all that important to me. And I think I, you, you win some, you lose some, like I don't, I'm not, you could probably tell if you follow me, I'm not that active on Twitter or Instagram or anything other than YouTube where I find I enjoy doing stuff on the internet. is just making videos. And so that's where I put my energy. And if I feel like posting something else, I will, and if I don't, you probably won't see me on Instagram for like four months. Um, I used to be hard on myself about it. It would stress me out, and then I ultimately decided I'm just going to live and do what's best for myself. Also, in terms of just working, um, I used to be really bad with boundaries because it's like I could always be working, and the amount that you get out of it is how much you put in, so I would work on on weeknights and on weekends, Um, and I kind of had to be very um, disciplined in giving myself a break so I don't work on weekends and I always stop working at 7 p.m. Uh, which sounds late but I sleep in a little bit because I can't okay. <laughs> sleep in and I have a very extensive morning routine that I've started in the past year um okay. but yeah it was hard to find that balance eventually I did and I'm sure I will fall off it and back on
0: Yeah, well, I think that's a really good balance, especially when you you were talking about not posting on Instagram unless you absolutely want to, which I think is something that a lot of YouTubers like they feel like they're obligated to post content on Instagram in addition to their YouTube channel. So, and especially looking at your Instagram, I think your last post was in like I don't know, like probably a few months ago. so you're definitely not as active on there. But for the people who are so active on Instagram, like all the Instagram social media influencers, like we call them, um, who a lot of their content is really um, probably edited and not unfiltered. It's just curated for their audience. What do you think that is having on probably young impressionable fans? Because I feel like Instagram has become such a toxic space because of those yeah. those accounts.
1: Um, it can't be good.
0: (laughs) I mean, even I'm as, as
1: an adult who like, I don't think is all that impressionable anymore. I go on Instagram and I don't feel good. Like I, that's why I love TikTok. It makes me laugh. Sometimes you you don't want to see, but for the most part you're, it's just like fun. Um, there's nothing fun to me about logging onto Instagram. Um, it's like, here's what people are doing that you're not doing. And like, it just, I'm not a fan. Um, and I don't know exactly how it's going to affect younger people, but I I suspect it's not great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as someone who I am very active on Instagram, but a lot of the times I just wish that I could like, delete all my accounts and just not, I don't know, I just feel like it would be hard to not for me personally to not go on Instagram because I have gone through those points where I delete it for like a week. I'm like after a week I wanna go on it so bad. But then those first like two minutes of scrolling, I already feel so much worse than that yeah. entire week when yeah. I had it deleted. So it's it's a vicious cycle. It's it's awful.
1: I mean, I am sure no social media is like all that wonderful. Um like okay. <laughs> Laughter heals, okay. I think anything that's gonna make you feel good and happy and laugh is great. Um, but the like showing off uh curated images and even what people say on twitter like having to fit something it just feels so um not good for the soul it's a perfect way to
0: put it not good for the soul yeah
1: (laughs) yeah social media. don't watch my video don't watch this podcast (laughs)
0: yeah um that those are all the questions i had for you that was awesome um thank you so much do you want to add um where they can uh the listeners can find you on youtube to watch your videos
1: yeah just adubs a-y-y-d-u-b-s um on all platforms except for tiktok it's alex
0: voice all right um so yeah you heard it uh go to adubs on youtube and all platforms except for tiktok um and uh follow alex's youtube channel to watch her videos they're very funny um i love her videos and uh i guess that's the that's the end of the episode um thank everyone so much for listening and you can follow me on instagram at hollywood Hero pod and i will see you all next week